0: this is anthems hi i'm anton i'm an actor and maybe a writer too but we'll see how this goes you can just put me in the finding your voice category if you can tell already i'm from glasgow which is where i'm talking to you from right now and if i could sum up my work in a sentence it would be as if Bisexual evangelist Gore Vidal met vices Joe Golby and Alondas. The main thing that you should know about me for the purposes of this podcast, though, is that both of my parents are dead. Don't worry, it's fine. Except, it probably isn't. And since my mum died two years ago, I've sprinted... Ah, nah, who am I kidding? I've limped away from my grief. Luckily, lockdown has a sense of humour, and here I find myself trapped in the house that we once shared, Just me and my granny, who, for the record, is a pure legend. My word is home video, which might be cheating, but it feels a bit like I'm in one where the main character is missing. It could also easily have been tonic, because while I know that this is good for me, I absolutely hate it, and it tastes like shit. I guess maybe your mum dropping dead suddenly one night in a walk to the shops would strike you as something that required urgent attention, but to be honest with you I've just had other things on my plate. Like pretending that I'm fine with the fact that my mum died suddenly and I walked to the shops. Now that takes up a lot of energy, let me tell you. But she's left me with all these bags filled with stuff and... Well, I've got nothing else to do now, so in the spirit of self-betterment that is sweeping the nation, I decide to go through them and surrender to my grief. I decide to do this because I've noticed I play this game in my head. I don't even really realise I'm doing it. You know when you were 15... Okay, right, you were 19, Anton, you were 19. And you used to walk into rooms and consider that every single person there had had sex except you. Well, it's that, except I walk into rooms and know that everyone there has at least one parent. And I hate them for it. But I don't say anything because the last thing that you want is for two ash and heaps to become your main personality traits. And also because if there is one thing less sexy than a virgin, it's an orphan. And I realise that that's not only unfair but the game is a bogey because there is no way to win it. So now I only have empty rooms to walk into, I decide to surrender to my grief because, well, it's safe here and I don't have to worry about getting to work. So I cry for a bit. I read through some old texts she sent me. I construct this shiva where I feel sorry for only myself and that's it done, surely. I've completed it, it's happened. I've fulfilled the bereavement brief of sonhood and I can move on with my life. I feel bad because I should try harder in my grief. I should make it more profound. She's my mum and she deserves it. So I surrender to my grief and I try to pray for the first time in a solid nine years. And that makes me feel like a hypocrite because I don't even really know if I believe in God. And then I think I want to because I want my mum to be in heaven like every son does. But then I worry that if she's in heaven, she can see me when I'm having a wank and I just feel really creeped out and stop. I go back to this mausoleum that I've created and I find this little hardback book. It's a kid's book, but it's not mine. I've never seen it before. It's got wee stories in it and I can see that my mum has written in it when she was young. The names of the characters next to their faces and for some reason that breaks me. It strikes me then that my life has been split into two parts. When she was around and now she's not. And one day I realised I'm gonna have more memories in that last category and I find that terrifying so I rip through her belongings now like a fiend looking for a second missing piece of her something undiscovered, something new, something alive. But there's nothing I don't recognise. It's all there. So I retrace my steps and I go through it all again. The time she stood outside in the freezing cold watching me play football, even though I was shite because she wanted me at age six to give it a chance. When she had to show me how to shave my face properly even though I don't think she really had a clue coming home drunk for the first time and her screaming at me but staying up the whole night as I was sick. Having my first anxiety attack at tea in the park and leaving and her spending the night stroking my hair because she knew it was the only thing that calmed me down. The moment she said I reminded her so much of my dad and I never knew if that was a good thing or a bad thing but it was a good thing surely it was a good thing it was the best thing. There was countless times when she said that she loved me and that she was proud of me and I brushed it off like it was an inevitability. The time I caught her crying looking out the window and why didn't I ask her what was up? Why didn't I just go up to her and ask her what was wrong and give her a hug? Why did I have to be so unprepared? I've never felt more alone. I must have been ripped open because I can't stop crying and I feel ashamed of that in a way that it's taken so long. You never go anywhere to be reminded about what you've lost, but I find myself cloistered in this very place where I can't run away from it. So this is it. Surrendering to grief. The burden of love. Exhuming memories that are diluted now and are only going to fade further with time until all I have left is her name. And yet, there's relief there too having the space, the privacy, the sanctity even, to just miss her, nothing else, just let her be gone. I clear away the bags when I've cleaned myself up, and I notice at the bottom of one is an old camcorder in a leather case with a broken zip, and it has a spool in it, and it ran out of charge years ago, but if I could maybe find the charger, it'll have something for me. Maybe she's left something for me in there. I rush into the hallway cupboard to rip apart something else and I stop because I hear a sound from my granny's room and it's a quiet, gentle sob. I turn to walk away, give her some space. But no. Instead, I push the door open and I ask her if she's okay. I don't try and watch the camcorder right now. Maybe one day, but not right now. For now, for the first time in a long time, I'm good with what I've got. Home video, definition, noun, an amateur recording, which, befittingly, this is. If you've been affected by the themes in this podcast, check out the episode description for information, resources and support lines.